everyone, and welcome to The Journey is the Miracle with Lori Hernandez. I am Lori Hernandez, your host, and I am so excited that you're here. I want to say thank you to everyone who reached out and emailed me, Facebooked me, sent um, DMs in my Instagram on how much, and text for that matter, and how much they enjoyed the show. They took something away. They implemented a change in their daily routine just from listening to the podcast. So I wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your feedback. I want to hear from you. I enjoy hearing from you very much. So thank you for that. Today, we are going to learn about awareness and how important awareness is for our growth. I mentioned in my last episode that starting therapy and attending a Life's Healing Choices class really helped me understand how my thoughts, feelings, actions, and attitudes affected me, my relationships with others, as well as with God. So let's start with some definitions. Self-awareness is simply the ability to be aware of our inner life, our emotions, thoughts, behaviors, values, goals, strengths, challenges, attitudes, mindsets, etc. And how these elements impact our behavior and our choices. So there are eight skills that develop self-awareness. Recognizing and naming our emotions Am I sad? Am I disappointed? Am I discouraged? Am I angry? Am I happy? Do I have joy? Am I feeling joy? Am I excited? That is naming our emotions. Identifying what triggers our emotions. Analyzing emotions and how they affect others. Understanding the relationship between our thoughts, feelings, actions, and attitudes. Recognizing our needs values, judgments, and biases. Identifying personal strengths and areas for growth. Practicing self-compassion. Cultivating confidence, positive regard with yourself, and a growth mindset and optimism. Now, in self-management, That is the ability to navigate and shift our thoughts, feelings, actions, and attitudes into a healthy way in order to make decisions and reach goals that benefit ourselves and others. So eight skills that develop self-management include regulating and expressing our emotions thoughtfully, right place, right time, right person. Not everybody can handle your emotions and nor should they be responsible for that. That is our job knowing who to speak to with our emotions and who not. Demonstrating perseverance and resilience to overcome obstacles. Sustaining healthy boundaries. Applying strategies to reduce personal and interpersonal stress. Setting and monitoring short-term and long-term goals. Advocating for ourself and our needs. Maintaining attention and using feedback constructively. So awareness and management go hand in hand. For example, if you're upset about something, having the ability to stop, catch yourself, 
calm down, is self-management. Then self-awareness requires the skill of recognizing and naming the emotion or feeling then discovering how it might be affecting our behavioral choices. The distance between your trigger and your triggered response reaction is awareness. Our ability to grow is directly related to the amount of truth we can accept about ourselves. Phew, not easy sometimes, is it? And I can tell you something, your environment, your people, they will tell you truth about yourself. It's up to us whether we accept it or not. Now, some people are extra critical. If one person, you know, calls you something, ignore it. But if five people are saying the same thing, you might want to take a look at that. Like, is that something I need to consider? And all you have to do is say, I'll consider that. That's it. You don't have to get defensive. You don't have to get mad. Just say, I'll consider that. And take a good hard look at how our behavior is impacting. The truth of our behavior is impacting others. And can I tell you something? It takes great courage to look at ourselves, to look at our pain, and to decide and decide to do something different and not just go along to get along, but to do something different. Brene Brown says we can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both. Not at the same time. And that is so true. And let me tell you something. We're addicted to comfort. Just look at all the feelings running around, running the world today. Doesn't take much to see it. So John 8, 32 and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. A couple different things, thoughts I have on that. Number one, the truth is Jesus. He is the truth and the light. The way, the truth, and the life. And that sets us free. Knowing him, how he operates, how he loves, how he accepts, that will set us free. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But it's also the truth about ourself and being able to look at that truth about ourselves, and be able to um, constructively change something, remove something, or add something. So you may be wondering, how is it possible for me to not understand what made me angry for 40 years? I wondered myself, I couldn't figure it out. How is it possible for me not to understand how it impacted me? or others around me. And that's because I didn't know what I didn't know. Who taught me? We just don't know. So because it wasn't modeled for me to deal with my feelings or have self-control at times, in the way my parents' generation handled things very differently, I just didn't know. And our parents model what they were taught, and that's how we learn. Also, I didn't know that life was happening for me. I had no understanding of that. I thought it was happening to me. Therefore, I thought I was a victim of people and situations and that I was always going to be a victim. Learned a valuable lesson. 
I had no idea that our emotions are a gift from God. I felt like they were too much. My anger was too much, and it felt a lot. But I didn't know that emotion of anger is actually a gift because that indicates your boundaries are being violated. Didn't know that. I would deny my feelings because sharing somehow brought me betrayal. It brought someone diminishing my feelings or simply just denying my feelings. So I figured out pretty quickly, I'm not supposed to share this. I'm not supposed to tell people how I'm feeling. And so I internalized everything, which didn't help the anger, right? Because it just turns into rage. So on the other hand, I didn't have time to deal with my feelings either. Denial was so much easier as well as Sometimes they're just too painful to look at and I didn't want to. And most of the time we just ignore them thinking they will go away. If we stuff them down enough, they'll just go away. But that is far from the truth because let me tell you, those things show up every single day. And then we think we'll deal with them later, but later never comes, right? Unfortunately, Like I said, we are so addicted to comfort in what we have learned by lessons of not sharing. It's better not to share. How can healing possibly come through walking through pain? And I've had people tell me, coaching clients tell me, I don't want to look at the pain because I'm afraid I won't stop crying. There's a great fear there, right? I'm afraid to look at the pain because it's too painful. That's a reality. But feelings are indicators. That's that little indicator light that goes on that says, hey, you need to take a look at this. You need to pay attention to what's going on inside of you and why. They should, feelings should not be dictators. They should not be dictating our behavior. So one of my favorite quotes is feelings are indicators, not dictators. So you'll hear that from me a lot if you coach with me. So although they're important, they don't get to run our life. So my anger came from my childhood. Most of our stuff develops in our childhood because that's just the way that it is. And it doesn't have to be one specific event. It can be, although it could be many different events that happen but we need to look back in order to look forward. And in sharing my story, I wanna be mindful to honor my parents, yet share what happened. So the way I work with a client, because the first thing that comes out of someone's mouth is, well, I don't wanna hurt my parents. I don't wanna blame my parents. And it's not about blaming your parents, it's about looking at the behavior that hurt you and not blaming them because they did the best they could. So that helps to separate. So we need to learn to separate people's who from their do. So in my case, my dad was very charming, very affectionate. He was fun. And yet his behavior was manipulative. And my dad gave me some really good things. Like he taught me how to be charming. He taught me how to treat people um, well at times. 
Um, but I'll get into that. But anyway, he gave me some good common sense and he gave me a little direction in life. But mainly I got from him was manipulation. So I know my dad was deeply wounded by the things in his childhood. Therefore, he behaved from those wounds. So it's it's hard it's hard to explain, but if you can get past the wounds, you can see the heart and that helps the healing process. So in processing my anger in therapy, remember that ball of rage in my chest? A lot of it started with my parents' divorce and my dad manipulated me in order to hurt my mother. And he continued that behavior for a long time until I figured it out and I stopped participating. But get this, by not participating, that felt like rejection because my dad didn't have anything to do with me then. That's probably a whole other subject for another show. But imagine, my view of love was very skewed. In that, anger became my friend. And what I mean by that is I could count on anger. I could count on it. I could control my environment, and it helped me control my life. It helped me uh, stay, quote unquote, safe because nobody else was going to hurt me because my anger kept people away. At least that's what I thought. And I realized by going through therapy, I needed new friends. I needed compassion. I needed empathy. I needed forgiveness. I needed peace. I needed love. And what I also discovered is I had built such a wall up so people couldn't get in to hurt me that I was keeping out all the love as well. So going through therapy and bit by bit taking those bricks down, taking that brick wall, um, brick wall down, I learned to let the love in. But you have to use discernment, right? So here are four things that therapy helped me process. Did my dad really love me? Because I felt like a pawn in order to hurt mom. Number two, I didn't have a voice. Number three, manipulation is a big trigger for me. No surprise, right? And number four, being used felt like love. Pretty scary, right? So imagine how my woundedness showed up to my family, to those around me. That was a painful truth, painful reality, but an amazing awakening. So our healing begins when we get into reality and get out of denial. You want to hear another reality that really hurt my feelings? <laughs> Angry people are insecure people. I was insecure. I was insecure because I didn't know I was loved, accepted for being me, that I belonged, and I just didn't have certainty. That's what my feelings told me. 
but that doesn't mean my feelings were true. Unconditional love, acceptance, belonging, and certainty, everything we desire, it is innate in us. The problem is everyone is looking for unconditional love, carrying a bag full of conditions. I know you know. The only one that can provide unconditional love, acceptance, belonging, and certainty is Jesus. How do we get to healing? According to Dr. Henry Cloud, if you dig up something in life that is painful or ugly, throw it away. That means to process it, mourn it, heal it, grieve it, repent of it, or whatever it takes to work it out of your system. You are growing in your heart. Some things you wish to increase and others you need to weed out. Either way requires caretaking. That is your job as the guardian of your heart. Doesn't caretaking sound nice? Like we should be taking care of our heart. In Proverbs um, 23, 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So processing my pain, that is my responsibility. Doesn't belong to anybody else. Like I said before, I don't get to blame my parents. I don't get to blame others. That doesn't mean that their behavior didn't hurt. I'm not saying you deny it. I'm saying you look at it and you assign that behavior to that person. It just means they did the best they could. Now I get the opportunity to look at that hurt, give witness to it, and make peace with it. I get to take ownership for my thoughts, feelings, actions, and attitudes. And what I discovered in therapy is that forgiveness for everyone was what set me free. The hardest person to forgive was me, but that is the very one who needed it the most. I was a girl just trying to be loved, and I just didn't know what that looked like. So therapy helped me understand my pain. Life's healing choices showed me God's hand in the healing. I needed his help and comfort in his healing. So remember those four things I learned in therapy. Here are the takeaways from each one that I learned. Number one, did my dad really love me because I felt like a pawn to hurt my mom? My dad loved me the best way he knew how. He gave me what he got. It wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't what I needed, but that's all he knew. And I forgave him. And somehow, my anger, that rage, went away and compassion came in. It's wild, but it happened. Now, you can forgive someone. Doesn't necessarily you go back into relationship with that person. Sometimes you have to love people at a distance. You can change, and that's great, but if the other person doesn't, it's difficult to have a relationship, especially if you don't trust them. And God never tells us to trust untrustworthy people. So you have to be careful in the in the spirit of forgiveness. It doesn't necessarily mean you get to go back into relationship. Use discernment. Number two, I didn't have a voice. I learned I do have a voice. I'm a grown woman. Who told me I didn't have a voice? That inner child said I didn't have a voice. But as a grown woman, I do have a voice. I get to say yes to what I want and no to what I don't want. And no is a complete sentence. So I learned about and implemented boundaries for me. 
Boundaries are not for other people, they're for me. Number three, manipulation is a big trigger for me. So because I'm aware of this trigger, I can freely give or not give. I can, I definitely have more discernment in this arena and I am not as easily manipulated as I was before because it's like, this feels familiar. I'm not going down this path. I don't have to be a people pleaser here. For all my people pleasers out there, valuable, valuable awareness. And then number four, the whole being used felt like love. <sighs> love is not manipulation. Jesus shows us how to love in a healthy way. And we have to take the time to spend in his word to discover how to love well. And my friends, that is a lifelong journey. So here is what I have found Jesus offers. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. They're called the fruit of the Spirit. We have all these seeds deposited in us when we receive them as our Lord and Savior. But guess what? Those seeds need to grow. And how do you think those seeds grow? Through trials, situations, problems, experiences, etc. And in that moment, that awareness, do we lean in or do we lean back? Leaning in will grow us. Leaning back will keep us stuck. Growth demands a temporary surrender of certainty slash security. But God has promised us beauty for ashes. We have to give him the ashes of our life. and He will give us beauty in return. That is a really good trade. But man, do we like our ashes. We like our pain. We like our feelings. There is a God-shaped place in the heart of each person, which cannot be filled by any other created thing. And only God the Creator can heal, change, shift us, and be made known through Jesus Christ. And please get this. I tell every new client this. The process of growth never ends. Clients come to me, please fix me. <laughs> Number one, I can't fix anybody. Number two, it's the, the growth journey just doesn't end, and it shouldn't. Because once you think you've got a handle on a behavior or you're aware of a certain thing, God will always take us a little deeper in our healing. And that is for our good and His glory. And can I tell you a secret? God is for you. So my friends, as we wrap up this episode, I want to give you something to think about. Maybe even journal the next couple weeks. What feelings have you been avoiding? What situation are you not dealing with? What pain are you afraid to lead in to? What are you in denial about? What ashes are you hanging on to? Remember, life is happening for you not happening to you. The question is, are you listening? So 
So going back to the Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. What is flowing from your heart? As always, my desire for you after every episode is that you would have hope, gain some clarity, and find peace. Let me know how you're doing. I love hearing from you. And once again, thank you for listening and following the show. I am grateful you make the choice to spend time with me. Remember, the world is a better place because you're in it. So stay open to growth because your journey is the miracle. If there are any topics you would like to discuss, please let me know via Lori at LoriHernandez.coach, Instagram at LoriHernandezCoach, or reply to this podcast. Please rate and be sure to follow this podcast so you will get the most recent episode as it comes out. And if you need a coach, sign up for a one-hour introductory session with me via my website, lorihernandez.coach. Talk to you soon. Bye.